Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Welcome to a special day. This is our 200th episode of the Run for God Run Club podcast. Today, we're going to talk about watching our step while we run or walk, or even through the steps of life. Then I'm going to share the secret to breathing easier when you run. And joining me for this special episode is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Can you believe it? We started this thing like, let's see how this thing goes. Like 200 yards from here. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we didn't start it there, did we? We, no, we, we wound up there on episode 2A. Yeah, we started at the radio the COVID station. Shutdown. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's true. Congratulations. Yeah. It's pretty cool that we're still sitting here and, I know. and still yapping and talking. And for some reason, people are still listening. And so thank you out there. You're the <laughs> ones that make this possible. Everybody out there listening, uh, you're the one that makes this possible. We... I mean, I we talk about it all the time. We I just could never have imagined myself here 15 years ago. Yeah, doing this, and right? It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. We wouldn't change it. No. So the meteorologists have done it again. Yes, they have. <laughs> Boy, they blew it. As of last night, we were supposed to get snowmageddon. Snow moving in, a couple inches of snow. And the weather map looked like it. And Yeah, when I texted you last night, I said, oh, it might be a little dicey in the morning. We just need to touch base. And, I mean, the line of snow was literally like 100 miles to our west, yeah. if that. It may yeah. not have even been that. And uh, true to nature for the Tennessee Valley, it just disappeared. And yeah. there's no snow on the ground this morning. Zero. So, yeah. Um, I mean, they were talking about four inches it went yeah. from it went from uh, we don't know if it's going to snow or not to just over the last twenty four hours ago it was like oh now we're going to get a whole bunch of snow and then the next thing you know is there's none and then literally at six thirty this morning you and I are texting we're like there's no snow yeah and then ten minutes later you said well we might get it started early because there's some moving this way yeah. what did it do it just disappeared did it disappear too I didn't even notice <laughs> yeah. that wow yeah. so uh, yeah weather 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 hey. Um, so you've really you, I think last week or the week before last, we really kicked up a debate about the whole Travis Kelsey and yeah. Taylor Swift issue. My house is divided on it. Oh, are they? Yeah. All yeah. right. And you know, Travis jumped in the argument. <laughs> I was so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I told Travis. I said, "We'll just go ahead and and you know book them for our next uh, Run for God weekend." Get them down here, and we'll, we'll just settle out there. You think they would come to that? I don't know. I, I mean, it's worth a shot, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lord knows you've asked people to do things before, and they've they've, they've done it. I so. have, but I think that's a little bit more of a long shot there. Yeah, a little bit. So, a little uh, bit. Hey, before we get started, let's talk about this week's sponsor. It's our uh, our buddies over at Ken's Car Star. Uh, they feature a state-of-the-art unibody and frame repair equipment, expert painting, towing assistance, vehicle pickup and delivery, and a nationwide warranty in a clean, inviting environment. We've repaired more than 4 million vehicles since 1989. That's why more people choose CarStar Auto Body Repair Experts for their vehicle repairs than any other 
body shop. If you need help with your vehicle, give Ken's Car Star um, and schedule a free estimate today. Give them a call. Amen. Good folks over there. Well, our Facebook post from last week comes from Carol Garant. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right. I hope I am. She says, I can't tell you how much the Run for God program has meant to me. This picture was taken after my first ever seven-mile run on Friday in 24-degree weather. I'm red-faced, getting chilly from the sweat, but so mentally centered. Anxiety has weighed me down all my life, literally from childhood and growing up in an abusive home. I've struggled with anxiety. But by the grace of God, running has me to the point where I no longer have to take a pill every day to quiet the pain inside. Knowing this supportive community is here only adds to that healing. Thank you so much for being here. There's that word again, community. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that great? It is. And I just got I got an email um, this weekend from somebody that's another story that's mm-hmm. just I asked her to share her because her story's cr- crazy good and I told her she needs to share that yeah as a, a story through so I'm hoping she's going to do that because um, it was really good but this never gets old hearing this right mm-hmm. you know if if you're listening to this par- podcast but you're not a part of the run club you're, you're just missing out if you've yeah. never seen that Facebook group and don't know what we're talking about oh my goodness it is it's incredible um, well, and also the opportunities to meet up, you know, we're, um, as of when this podcast comes out, we're, we're kind of rolling out the, the 5k weekend here in Dalton. If you have the ability, if you have the resources and the time and you can make it to Dalton, number one, you get to run the race for free, you know, so yep. that's, that's a good reason to come. But the other reason to come is to meet these people that you feel like you already know and you do know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've talked about this so many times, but it bears repeating for the people that may be tuning in for the first time. But it's it's so incredible to watch people get out of their cars. You know, usually we'll meet up on Friday afternoon and walk the course and, and things like that. But it's so incredible to watch people get out of their cars and they see people whom they know, but they've never met. And mm-hmm. they go up and they hug each other. And and a great example of this, and I hate to to say this again, but we've got a lot of new people on here. Yep. But last year, um, Madonna. Yeah, I was I was under the pavilion. We were getting ready for stuff, and I heard Angie say, "Oh, there's Madonna." She said, "I can't believe I'm getting to meet her," or something like that. And I said, "Angie, we've met Madonna," and she said, "No, we haven't." <laughs> And it that's how that's how well I thought I knew Madonna is because I thought I'd met her before, yeah. but I haven't. And it, that just that's a testament to how close and tight this community is. So if you're just kind of out there on the fringes, maybe you're just listening to this podcast, or maybe you're even a, a Run Club member, but you haven't engaged yet, I encourage you to do that. Yeah, uh, because we we know the names. We we hear the friendships that have been made all across this country, really all across the world um, Mm -hmm. of people who the only thing that ties them together is run club. Yep. Um, And, and Christ is a result of that. And it's just uh, it's an incredible thing. And, and this, this Facebook post right here just nails it. Um, It's a community of like-minded people who will rally around you. This really had, um, you know, what she struggled with really had nothing to do with running. Yeah. But running in this community 
was the solution to some of her problem. And uh, we, we hear these stories all the time. And, and so if you're out there on the peripheral and you're not plugged in, maybe you're just a little skeptical, jump in with both feet. Yeah, and if you're skeptical of social media, we understand. I get it. I don't have it on my phone again. Yeah, again. Yeah. Well, if you're skeptical of social media, it's understandable. But I'll tell you what, we do have a number of folks who the only time they use social media is to go to the Run Club page just just to interact with the people in Run Club, and they like it. And as long as you don't click on anything outside of that, you're you're good. You're mm-hmm. not going to see all that negativity and other stuff that you see through through the um, j- just well Facebook or any other social media for that matter. Um, but you will see people lifting people up. You'll see people praying for others. You'll see just people just being encouraging to one another. Um, and it, I mean, it goes a long way. You know, you know what I've never seen. What? I've never seen someone tearing somebody down. No, I've never seen that. You know what I always see when I go to other pages? Somebody tearing people tearing somebody people down. down. Yep. And that's that's really what sets this group apart. That's that's nothing to do with me or you or Gay or Holly or Angie. That has everything to do with this community and and what what it has created in and itself. Yep. Um, it's just a really encouraging community. Yep. And we got a large group of people that are starting the 5K Challenge and the Couch to Marathon right now. Right. And it is great to get on there and see those other people that are going through the same things that you're going through. Sure. So if you're starting one of those things, you, you need to be a part of that. You need to get plugged in for sure. Yeah. All right. We had a trivia question for last week. Uh, who is the oldest person to run a sub three-hour marathon? This guy was incredible. Mm-hmm. His name was Ed Whitlock. He ran a world record 254.48 at 73 years old. That's incredible. That's crazy. Um, I thought last year, I ran 251 last year at 57. I thought I was doing something, but uh, (laughs) it's nothing compared to that. Um, And his actual record for under three hours was when he was 74, he ran a 258 when he was 74. Um, he also holds the record for the oldest person to run under four hours when he ran 356 when he was 85 years old. <laughs> Man, his age graded time for his record at 73 would have been 203, which at the time when he ran it would have been the world record mm-hmm. um, for, for the open uh, marathon. So uh, he was born in England in 1931. He moved to Canada to pursue an engineering degree. Um, and he ran when he was in high school, but then he stopped when he moved to Canada. And then he started running again at the age of 41. We see that all the time. The guy ran a 159, 800 meters in his 40s, which is pretty impressive <laughs> as a middle distance runner. And then he accidentally became a marathoner when his son had this running streak going and he was running every day for a year and he decided that he was going to run a marathon and he asked his dad if he would just if he would jump in there with him Hmm. so his his dad joined him not even training for a marathon and ran a 231 at the age of 48 years old wow (laughs) again it makes that 239 that's almost as impressive as the yeah the time when he was older. Yes. Having never done it before and just jumped in and. Yep. Wow. Really, really impressive. So he has the world record for times for the marathon in all age groups from 70 to 74 to 85 to 89. 
you know, in, in the 70 to 74 group, he ran 254. Then he ran 304 at 75. Then he ran 315 at 80. 315 at 80. And then 356 at 85. Just incredible. You know, but a lot of people, four hours is kind of the, for most people running their first marathon, four hours is kind of that. Mm-hmm. He did it at 85 plus years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Four hours was my big goal for my yeah. first marathon. Yeah. And three, well, 356 is what I ran it in. Yeah, so <laughs> I was in my 30s. Yeah, I was in my 30s and he was in his 80s and we ran the exact same time. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Oh, wow. Well, he also has many world track track records and road records in other distances. Unquestionably, he is the best distance runner ever that was over 70 years old. He was 5'7 and 112 pounds, so he was a little bitty fellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a street named after him in his hometown in Milton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, but he did die in 2017 at the age of 86 from prostate cancer. Um, so, so sad for somebody mm-hmm. to be so fit. Um, but uh, heavens knows, it doesn't matter how fit you are sometimes. But man, Ed Whitlock, what a legend. Yeah. Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. All right, so we're back. I got to talk about something with you. So you've watched The Chosen. I have. We've talked about The Chosen on here before. Mm-hmm. And I just happened, I was listening to the Unashamed podcast. You know, we've talked about that uh-huh. podcast on here a few times with the the Duck Dynasty guys. Um, and Jace was talking about a new documentary that has come out. It's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. But it is produced by The Chosen, um, Dallas Jenkins, that whole group. Uh, but it's called Jonathan and Jesus, and it's um, it's a documentary, a recent documentary on they're just following around Jonathan Rumi who plays Jesus on huh. the Chosen. He also plays the pastor in the Jesus Revolution. Yeah, it was so eye opening. It's something that you don't think about, but you know the Chosen. It's it's exploded worldwide and it's really behind the scenes of how Jonathan Rumi is struggling Hmm. with anywhere he goes in the world people are coming up to him and saying Jesus wow and even going as far as grabbing his arm and um, bowing down and I never thought about, yeah, and I'm sure he never thought about it, but he just really struggles with um, 
the weight of it. And it, and it made me think, and that they did not draw this parallel. I, I drew this parallel in my head. But there was a few instances where he was doing like, uh, it was like 10 hours of media interviews. And it was, I think it was leading up to season three. And there was at one point, he just asked everybody to leave the room. Mm-hmm. He said, I just, I'm, I'm, I need a break. I'm at wit's end. This is, this is too much. Because everybody that interviewed him was asking the question, what is it like? Is it heavy to play G? I mean, it's, it's all about him taking on the persona of Jesus. And it made me think about how Jesus, you know, the pressure on Jesus, because mm. the Bible talks many times about him getting away. Yeah. And, you know, going, going into the garden to pray and getting in a boat to get away from the crowds. And I don't know. It was just in that, like I said, they weren't trying to draw this parallel. I, I don't want to, because that would be kind of weird if they were, if the producers were drawing this parallel, but I think it just naturally drew for me because I can't imagine after what you need to watch it. It's, yeah. it's only four episodes, yeah. um, but it really shows as it should, but it shows the weight of that character and that persona. Um, you know, he's known, I mean, obviously the, what's the guy's name that played Jesus in the passion of the Christ. Um, I can't remember, I can't remember his, name. his name. Yeah. Anyway, it was just uh, something I never thought about, yeah, and I wonder if he had thought about it. You know, when he accepted this role. Of course, he's a he's a very you know devout believer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helps. But to well, carry, it helps and hurts. It because does because he realizes the gravity of that. Right. You know. So yeah. So I don't know. It was interesting. It's it's kind of a a, a plug for it. If you want to go, it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Jonathan and Jesus. And it's, uh, you know, he gets to meet all these incredible people. He met, you know, met with Alice Cooper, you know, who's a, who has, you know, become a Christian later in life and, and all these people. And there's people on there who are not Christians, um, who he's interviewing. And what, what he set out to do, it was almost a pilgrimage where he, he's traveling all over the world to find out, uh, who people say that Jesus is. Yeah. And it's, it's just a great, it's a great little series. Each one's about an hour long. Uh, I don't know. I just thought I'd bring that up because yeah. it was it was fascinating. I watched all four in the past few days. Um, Holly was out of town, so I didn't have a whole lot to do. So <laughs> um, anyway, it was great. That's cool. That's cool. Well, another thing that's that's coming up I, probably this week as this episode comes out is the, a radio interview on the Gate Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, that is how did that go? I haven't even asked you about it that. It went great. Yeah, um, you know the guy that fr- from the Gate Radio. Uh, he's just just as nice a guy. He's a runner. Mm-hmm. He's up in New Jersey, so he and I, you know, I I understand him. Sure. Uh, and uh, it went Both really the well. New Jersey part and the, the running. Part. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And uh, so thegateradio.org, if you want to listen to that, it's going to be on every day during the week at different times. Each day it's a different time. So they strategically put those things out. Um, so check, check that out on the Gate Radio. Um, so do you have any aspirations for getting back into ultra marathons? You know, it. it, it yeah, not immediate. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, but at some point. Yes, I mean Ironman ultras. Um, I'll, I'll do more before I die, God willing. Um, yeah, not right now. 
Well, you know, last week we talked about the Keys 100. Yeah. It starts in Key Largo and finishes in Key West. And I was thinking about signing up and I really just couldn't find an excuse not to. Yeah. So I signed up. Congratulations. uh, Yeah, well, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, This is way outside my comfort zone. Well, I was Um, really looking forward to helping Debbie crew for you. Yeah. You just happened to pick a race that's on my old or my youngest son's graduation weekend. So well, I'm going to be there. It's hard to find an ultra marathon that's not on trails. Yeah. I don't like running on trails. I don't enjoy running on trails. And so I force myself to do it occasionally, but I don't enjoy it. And so I really don't want to do one on trails. I'm really surprised that that race is, is as late as it is. I mean, because yeah. right now would be the time to have right. a race in the Keys. I mean, right. Because it's like 75. Yep. But it could be. It could be really hot. The average high is 85. Yeah. Yeah. That's hot. That's the average. For an ultra. Yeah. The That's average low is 77. So, yeah. so even even at the low, when the sun's down, it's still going to be warm. So to get ready for that, then you're going to have to, are you going to, are you going to like wear your moon suit and your <laughs> rubber vest to try to get ready for it? Nah. The temperatures is going to be the X factor. It, yeah, it, it is. But temperatures never affected me as bad as it does most people. I don't think temperature is going to be that big a deal. You I mean, never run a hundred miles either. No, no. But I remember running the Boston Marathon when it was eighty-seven. Yeah, and uh, you know that's a whole different level of intensity. It too. is. It is. And uh, and you know, I, actually, that was probably my best Boston Marathon. I think you're going to do well. Yeah, I think you're going to do really well. I think you're going to surprise yourself. I, I've I've been waiting on the day where you sign up for an ultra. <laughs> well, my goal is twenty hours. Yeah. So you that's think good. you think that's a a lofty goal or a reasonable goal or I think you think, it's reasonable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's twelve minute pace. Yeah, for a hundred miles, including stopping and all that stuff. So, so are you? Because when I when I trained for that uh, crazy treadmill run, I did. That was the hardest thing for me. I think I was training at twelve or thirteen pace. That was the hardest thing. Was leading up to that you have to train yourself to run that slow yeah and running slower at a cadence that's not your normal cadence is really hard on your body because you're 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 pounding yep you know when you're running at a a a cadence that you're used to you're kind of gliding yep but when you slow down that slow you're you're putting a lot more um force yeah on your body your legs your knees your hips um everything so are you going? Are you going to do that? Are you going to? I guess you are. Your your long I, runs. You going to try to start slowing down to get ready. Yeah, for that? right. Right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try doing some long runs at ten minute pace. Um, because I want to average twelve minute pace. That includes stopping and and things like that. So I'm thinking that I think ten minute pace seems reasonable, mm-hmm. and it seems easy enough and. The, the, That's going to be so hard for you to do. I know it is. I know it is. <laughs> well, I went out and did a long run this past weekend, and my I thought I'm just going to I'm going to start out really really slow, and so I I started out really slow. I think my first mile was seven fifty six. <laughs> it's really really hard. It is to try to, yeah. to try to run slow, and so. that's not in any way patting yourself on the back. No, that's just it's it's the nature of it's like if you're if you're a ten minute person listening to this, try running at fourteen. Right. It's a, it, yeah. it would be hard for anybody. It's, it's the it's same hard thing. to slow down that much. Yep, it is. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm, that's what I'm gonna. That's what 
my goal is going to be, I didn't have a lot of time this weekend. So the, the, this weekend's run was a little bit different, but going forward, I want to run some long, you know, some 30 mile runs at 10 minute pace and just see. And see you've how probably never up. eaten much on runs either. Have you? Not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. Um, you know, I've tried to learn how to fuel for marathons, but this is a whole different animal. That's what I told Debbie. I said, I've, I've, I've got to figure out what I can actually eat and yeah. keep down and gives me the energy I need. And, yeah, there's a lot to You lot know, to when learn. Greg and I were getting ready for that, um, the treadmill thing we did, we would, it was 30 miles. We would leave the house in the morning. We would run to Chick-fil-A in town. Yeah. Eat lunch and then run back. And it was 30 miles. But I'll never forget, we would walk into Chick-fil-A and, of course, I mean, we're dripping wet. Yeah. You know, we're just, we <laughs> we had to look terrible. You know, it was about lunchtime when we got there. And so people were looking at us like, what are these two guys doing? They're soaking wet. Yeah. And they're in here scarfing down food and then they take off running when they leave. I'm familiar uh, with that. But well, yeah, I mean that that was that was hard to learn too, is how to run on because you gotta get food in your belly. You yeah. can't you can't go twenty hours on goo. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, and you know, Richard Westbrook is a yeah. ultra marathon guru, uh, my old high school coach, and so I'm gonna pick his brain and mm-hmm. um you know, he, he, he should have a lot of good pointers for me. But anyway, I'm a little nervous, uh, but pretty excited about it. Uh, it's one of those bucket list things. You know, it's like when I signed up for the Ironman. It was a bucket list thing I wanted to do. And so I signed up and I kind of got I, I was tongue in cheek kind of joking that I, I ran out of excuses. But I've said I wanted to do one of these for years. And I, I'm looking, I'm going, I, I don't have a reason not to at this mm-hmm. point you know it's always been it's been track season sure and it's you, it's hard to train for things during a, a coaching season so no excuse yeah so and i'm off to a good start i ran 149 miles in the first two weeks this this year so. i think you're gonna crush it yeah we'll see it'll be fun well what better way to celebrate our 200th episode than to do it with one of our most prolific story sharers mm-hmm. this one is from our resident comedian, Jerry Snyder. It's called Watch Your Step. So, Jerry, before we get started, Jerry really needs to come to the Run Club weekend in April. We, we've been we've been going back and forth. Have you? Yeah. Well, you're hearing so, it from me too, Jerry. Yeah. You really need to come join us. It would be good for him April. to come down that time. Yeah, it would. Yeah. yeah. That would be great. The elevator to success is out of order. You'll have to use the stairs one step at a time. Joe Girard, author. Not long ago, my car broke down. I thought I called AAA to rescue me, but I accidentally called AA. When their tow truck arrived, they could only move my car 12 steps. (laughs) But seriously, folks, a big shout out and tip of the hat to those 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, which have saved the lives of so many people. And since we're talking about those steps, let's hop on the bus and head for Philadelphia. There, we'll find 72 stone steps leading up to the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Those steps were made famous by Sylvester Stallone in the 1976 movie Rocky. Every year, thousands of people come from all over the world to recreate this scene. They do this to declare victory over an illness, setback, or just to say, I did it. What's that you say? You want to run a marathon? Climb Mount Fuji and swim across the English Channel? Let me refer you to my friends from China. They have a proverb that goes like this. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. 
There's that word, step again. What are you waiting for? Yes, I understand there are friends and family that think you're a loon to have these goals. So, for an answer to those comments, we'll check in with our friend from Walden Pond, Henry David Thoreau. He said, if a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer. <laughs> Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or far away. Did you see the word step in that quote? If you have a dream or a goal, listen to your heart, not the critics, and then count me as your biggest cheerleader. Hey, while I'm thinking about it, did you happen to see that beautiful moon, full moon a few nights ago? Wow. You may remember that in 1969, the United States sent a rocket to the moon. And when Neil Armstrong set foot on the lunar surface, he said, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Step up, step down, step in, step out, step right up. Please step aside, step this way, step that way, step away, step ahead, step behind, step lively, step on it. Step on, step off, step to the right, step to the left, step around, step over, step up to the plate, baby steps, giant steps, get in step, and please don't step on my blue suede shoes. <laughs> There's a lot to be said about steps. In my opinion, here are the most important words on the subject. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they may stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. That's Psalms 37, 23. Great job, Jerry. As always. Once again. Yeah. His, his stories are just, they make you smile. Yeah. You know? It's, they're just delightful. He's done a lot of traveling, or he's done a lot of research on a lot of places, one of the two. Yeah, he has. He likes, he likes his history, it, it sounds like, right? Um, well, and we know there's a lot of people probably listening to this that are thinking about taking a big step. You know, mm -hmm. I just said that I just signed up for a 100-miler. That was a pretty big step. Mm -hmm. It's a long step, and uh, mm -hmm. or a lot of steps. And... Um, <clears throat> You know, a lot of times we have we have trouble with that first step. That's the hard part, right? I've run thousands of races in my life, but it was hard to take that step of just signing up mm -hmm. for a race that's outside my comfort zone. And it's that way for a lot of us. For some people, it's just trying to complete a 5K. Um, for other people, it's, it's completing a marathon. Um, for some people, it's just getting up and facing the world. I mean... Uh, we've all got our, our issues. But I remember Debbie telling me one time about how when she was saved, she remembers that day really well because she remembers being in the church. And she said she kind of had to force herself to move her feet and take that first step. But then after she took that first step, mm -hmm. God takes over and just carried her to the front of the church. And I thought that's really the way things are with any goal we have in life, isn't it? Sure. It's take that first step. And then things will things can just kind of flow and fall into place from there. And God will help us mm -hmm. along that way, right? Yeah. We just have to get ourselves committed to to doing it. That's the that's the big thing. I remember you know, remember a few years ago we had that we had that free race. Mm -hmm. And the problem is if you're not fully committed to something, uh, now like this hundred miler, there's no way I'm not gonna be sure. I'm not gonna show up for the hundred miler. I mean, I, I guess anything could happen. 
but it was a hefty entry fee. Right. So I'll, I'll be there, right? Well, we had that free race a few years ago, and a lot of people didn't show up. Half the people didn't show up. Right. Because they had they? nothing invested. That's right. Yeah. So get yourself invested right. in whatever it is you want to do. Job 31.4 says, Doth he not see my ways and count my steps? Hmm. This is Job's closing argument in the book of Job, right? You know, we go through all these these scenes with Job, all these terrible things happen, and his friends are trying to, to, to get him to go in a direction. And he's this is kind of his closing argument on why he is going to follow God no matter what. Sure. And he what he's saying here is he, he's listing out all of these sins, all of these bad things that people do, and he's saying, I haven't done these things. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the things that God penalizes people for, perhaps, but I haven't done them. Mm-hmm. I've been a pretty good guy. Now, I've not been perfect, but I've been pretty good. And um, he's saying, doesn't God count my steps? God knows all of our steps. And it kind of reminds me of Paul. You mm-hmm. know, Paul did the kind of said the same thing. He's, he's basically saying, emulate me. You know, do, do what I do. Sure. And, you know, as a Christian, that is my, that is my goal is to be able, because I can't do that. I, I can't say, <laughs> follow me and do what I do because I, I'm just, I, I feel like that's not a good idea. Sure. Um, there, I, I'm not, I know nobody's perfect, but I don't feel good enough to say that. But man, it would feel good to feel like you're close enough to God to say that, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's the it's the fear of of making a bold statement like that. As you were saying that, I was thinking about what we just talked about with Jonathan Rumi and the Chosen, and you know we are supposed to emulate Christ. We're supposed to be like Christ, so that when people look at us, they see Christ. The problem with Jonathan Rumi is people look at him and they literally, in their minds, no. are seeing Christ. And I can't. I mean, yes, what you're saying is, is a lot of pressure on us as, as believers, that, that that's the charge that we have. But for him, the charge is, is several ticks higher because, you know, for millions of people, the image of Christ that they have, right or wrong, is Jonathan Rumi. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's a picture that, and that's what I like about The Chosen. You know, it puts a face to Peter and to Matthew and, and all these characters we've read about for so many years, that is what I like about it. But, you know, you wonder, is is that always a good thing? Um, and, and maybe not because, you know, as humans, we're human and yeah. we can fall. And so that, that can be – and I guess that's the weight that he feels. Is sure. If he fails, for a lot of people, he's feeling like they're going to see it as Christ failed. Yeah. And that – um, gosh, I, I can't get, I can't get that, lo- that series out of my head because it is, it's just something I've never thought about. Yeah, I'm sure. But with that said, that is a weight that we should all carry. It is. Because the, it's true for many people, you know, for, if, if you're a believer and, and you're, you're public about that, then there are those out there who look at you as the standard, uh, of Christianity, that's completely misplaced, but it's just the truth. It is. Their perception for many people is the person that they know is a Christian. Uh, and that's why you hear so many people make the comment, well, Christians are just all hypocrites. No, the people may be hypocrites, but that's not 
that's not what we believe. That's not who we serve. Yeah. He's not a hypocrite. Yep. Yep. So, I don't good, know. Good point. Psalms 119, 133. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. It's another bold assertion, right? A- asking God to order your steps is saying, God, no matter what you have for me, I'm all in. So if you knew that what God had for you, and it could be what God had, may have for me, maybe what he had in, in store for Job. Mm-hmm. We don't know that, but... When we ask God to order our steps, that's what we're asking. We're saying, God, no matter what you have for me, I'm in. And man, oh man, it kind of goes, the gravity of that is just like this, the gravity of what what you're talking about with Jonathan Rumi, right? Yeah. And this kind of has a word picture for me. I was, um, I was watching a, it was a talk that Dave Ramsey was giving at Craig Rochelle's church i forget what church he pastors but it's some big church i think in texas and um he was talking about his wife you know she's the picture of health she's fit and you know and dave ramsey says and i'm not and he said just look at me but he was talking about his wife when she gets done with her walk she walks like six miles in the morning when she comes into the house she makes this it reminded me of one of the shakes that you make just yeah. green, ugly, looks yeah. like nuclear waste. <laughs> and she drinks it, and then she, she'll she leave a little bit in the bottom, and then she'll she'll put it under the water spigot and just turn the hot water on. And she said, and then as he was talking about this, it showed a video of this actually happening, but she turns the water on, and it's just green goop everywhere. But the water continues to run, and within a minute, the glass is clear. And do not let iniquity have dominion over me. As long as we're pouring Christ in, Mm. some dirt may get in every once in a while, but it's never going to have dominion over us as long as we're staying close to Christ. That was just a great picture to me of as long as we're constantly putting good in. The problem is sometimes we let a little bit of bad get in and we think we've messed up. Yeah. But we haven't. Maybe we did, but it's, it's, there's no point. There's at no point is it past the point of no return. Right. Um, and the minute we start thinking that is when sin will have dominion over you. Um, I don't know that, that, well, that scripture just made me think of that. And make no mistake, we're talking about negativity here, kind of in, sure. in a way where we're talking about the negative things that happen, but it's all total, totally worth it. You know, if you go back and you ask Job, was it worth it? If you ask Paul, was it worth it to be in jail? He's going to say, oh, most definitely. Sure. So our lives are probably never going to be anywhere near as bad as Job or Paul. And so those negative things that we have are totally worth it. Sure. Every time. Samuel, Second Samuel 22, 37. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me so that my feet did not slip. This is David. You know, he's, he's thanking God and he's, he's recalling the ways that God has helped him. And, you know, a lot of us can look back and, and look at the times that God has helped us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so many coincidences mm-hmm. in our lives where it was clear that God was there. Right. Um, again, I, I'm hoping that the lady that sent me an email this weekend 
will write her story because there's some some of that in there, some mm-hmm. coincidences that were oh so powerful. Coincidences and air quotes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but what I like about this is that David is saying, you know, God directs his steps in order to to ensure that he goes the best direction, not a direction, mm-hmm. but the best direction. Mm-hmm. Like God, if we'll look to him for every step, he'll tell us exactly where to put every foot. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, we never do that, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we're there and we're asking for the next three steps and then we forget about him for three steps. And then hopefully those three steps weren't too far off of the steps he would have had us take. Right. Um, but the idea is that the more that we're closer we are to God and the more we're allowing him to direct our steps, the more perfect that direction is. Sure. Right? Question. We hear a lot about stepping out of our comfort zone. When was the last time you did and what happened? Well, the last time I did was when I signed up for this race. (laughs) So (laughs) nothing's happened yet, but it will over the next five months. And um, yeah, I I mean, I can't wait. I I couldn't sleep that night. I'm thinking about all the things that I'm going to have to do (laughs) between now and May the 18th to get ready for that race. And it's 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 not sleeping in a good way, not in a bad yeah, way. Excited right. way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know this. Here's what I know. And this this just really struck me when I saw this question was I'm about I'm about to embark on a journey that I've always wanted to take and it's going to be great and it's going to be painful at times and it's going to be hard at times. But I know God. Mm-hmm. And God is going to reveal himself in some big ways in this journey, whether mm-hmm. it's on race day during that race or in the things that are I have to do to go to to get to that point. Um, I know that God's going to reveal something absolutely spectacular mm-hmm. to me. And I don't know what it is yet, but it's really exciting yeah. to think that he is right. You know, so many times I think stepping out of our comfort zone, I, I go back to. And we've said this on here a lot, uh, what David Hendricks always used to say. He said, I want to find where God's working and I want to go there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that is that is really stepping outside your comfort zone because you, we want to go where we're working, right? Yeah. But so many times it's where God's working is, is where we need to be. We, we had a, a – and I'm not going to say any names, but a few weeks ago we were doing this podcast and uh, I was I was at my church – several weeks ago and i got talking to a gentleman there who was new to our church and uh we were talking in the gym one day i had introduced myself and as we got to talking he was just very upfront that he's not a christian he's struggling with believing the things that he's hearing um and i don't know i was just that's just something that's just something you don't really run across in church. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, there's plenty of lost people in church, but they don't just come right out and tell you, Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. And I'm, I want to believe it, but I'm struggling with it mm-hmm. and uh, very open about it. And so we wound up, I'm not wound up not even going to Sunday school. Another, a friend of mine uh, and I just sat there and talked to him the whole time. And it's, you know, we, we were very careful not to, you know, this is not the time to, so you need to get saved. We just got to know him, mm-hmm. you know, really just talked about kids and, you know, all kind of stuff. But I could tell he's a very analytical person. And so that was on Sunday. Well, I told him, I said, there's a book that I want you to read if you're willing. And it's called Cold Case Christianity. Um, 
Is that the one? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cold Case Christianity. And uh, it's a book I've read before, and it, it really goes through. That's the one with the detective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a detective who was an atheist, and he went to try to prove Christianity wrong from a detective's standpoint. And through the, in the process, became a Christian. Mm-hmm. The more he dug in, the more he believed. And I just really sensed that this is where that guy was. He was really skeptical, skeptical person, and um, curious person, I could tell. And so I said, there's this book that I, I want you to read. And he said, yeah, I'd love to. I said, well, I'll bring it to you next Sunday. Well, we're doing the podcast Monday morning. And I was looking at my bookshelf, which I'm looking at right now, and I was scanning it trying to find that book, and I couldn't see it. And I was like, oh, I don't have that book. And so I asked you if you had one. You said, yeah, I've, I've got one. And it's like God just whacked me upside the head and said, why are you waiting till next Sunday? Right? Mm, I yeah, mean, yeah. that's what's convenient for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy works all the way in town. We're all the way up here in Cahutta, which is in the middle of nowhere. It would just be more convenient to do it next week. And we got done with our podcast. We have a leadership meeting for Upward at 10, that starts at 10 a.m. And so I was like, you know, God, I, I've got a got a leadership meeting i gotta be at and he's like take the book to him Mm. and so i ran up to your house got the book and i texted kevin and and the the folks at upward i said sorry i'm gonna have to miss the meeting (laughs) god's got me running an errand this morning (laughs) and as crazy as that sounds that's really what happened and, and this is no pat on the back to me because Honestly, it's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. It was outside my comfort. My comfort zone, as you know, is a schedule. That's right. Yeah. You know, 8 a.m. we're podcasting, 10 a.m. leadership meeting, and so on and so on. So this was just on a monkey wrench in my day. And I was like, okay. So I went down there, walked in the – he works at the uh, local hospital. And I walked in the front door, and I said, I need to speak to this person. Is he here? And she said – well, he's not here. And I'm like, so I come all the way down here for nothing. And uh, sh- this lady was not, I mean, I was kind of hinting around, you know, where's his office at? I just need to leave him something. And she's like, oh, you can leave that here. And I was like, hey, I'll never get to him. And so I was kind of just trying to figure out what to do. Well, about that time, a buddy of mine walks up, who's a builder, and he just happens to do some work for the hospital. Well, he has the badge and everything. And he said, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm needing to go see this guy. He's not here, but I need to leave something on his desk. Oh, come on. I'll take you down there. <laughs> I was like, okay, here's a builder friend of mine who has a badge for the hospital who can get me in any door I want. Coincidence. Right. Talk about coincidence. <laughs> so we go down and I, I leave the book on his desk. And I leave and I send him a text and, you know, just tell him I'm praying for him and all that. A few days later, the guy came to know Christ. Mm. Now, it wasn't because of the book. It was all because of God and other people that were really praying for this guy and, and reaching out to him. But I don't know. We, we, we talk about stepping out of our comfort zone. and But the the point being... As you said with Job, 
And as you said with Paul, it's always worth it. Yeah. It's always yeah. worth it. As hard as it, now that's taking a book to somebody, that's, that's not really, that, but God asks us to do some crazy things sometimes, like yep. Paul, like Job. You know, <laughs> you have, it's so hard to think about, do I want to be as close to God where he says, consider my friend yeah. Mitchell? Yeah. The answer yeah. should be yes. Yeah. Um, and be. as we grow in our faith, that answer becomes easier. Yeah. But it's never going to be, especially when you when you read, you know, a chapter like Job. Yeah. Um, but if you ask Job to your point, he would say it's worth it. So yeah. the point is, if God's prompting you to do something, to talk to someone, to sit down and pray with a person, gosh, I know how uncomfortable that feels. Mm-hmm. Do it. If well, I often say that the, how do you know God's talking to you? If it's obvious that He's asking you to do something and it doesn't make sense, that's God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, I mean, ninety nine percent of the time in my life, if yeah. I'm like, oh, that's not a good idea, but the idea stick keeps coming to your head. Yep. That's probably God. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you know what I find interesting about that story is that not only were you prompted to get outside your comfort zone and do something a little outside of what you would normally do. But that had to be uncomfortable for him to speak up to start with. You know, to say, I, I don't know that I believe all that, while he's in a church. Right. You know, that had to be way, had, that could not be comfortable. It to was say awkward. That. It was very awkward. Yes. I mean, I was like, whoa, <laughs> didn't see that coming. But I'm but, not going to Sunday school. It's funny that somebody who was questioning God at that point in time, God so clearly was f- forming his words. You know what I mean? But think about all the, all the, the I mean, yeah. this is where I just, because I sent Kelly, the guy that, my builder friend. I mean, so, so God prompts this. I didn't have the book, but I'm sitting in the room with a guy that does have the book. He calls his wife, who just happens to be home, who got me the book. Go down. I can't get the book to the guy's desk, but a guy walks up that has access to get me to the guy's desk. I, I don't know. It was, it was just. It was a. It's one of those times where you paint yourself and you think, God, thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for just lining all these coincidences up. Because what it did for me was it showed me once again who's in control. Yeah. Because I couldn't have done all that. Yeah. I mean, if if it would have been my way. It would have been the next Sunday. That's right. Period. Yeah. Wow. What a great story. Another question. Have you ever had to step away from the crowd because of your faith? Mm. What happened? I remember in college, you know, there were some folks that I hung around with for a short period of time who were not good for me, not a good influence, and I had to to kind of move away from them. Um, That's never been a big problem for me. To move away from stuff I don't like, I guess. Um, my bigger problem is <laughs> this incessant need that I have to tell the crowd how wrong they are. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Um, my problem's not moving away from them. My problem is while I'm moving away from them, I'm telling them how bad they are. You know, that's where I have a hard time. Yeah. And um, that's where God's been working on me. I'm better at it than I used to be. Still got a ways to go. Uh, but that that's where I've got to get better at not pointing my finger at other people, right. you know, because 
well, I'm not as bad as they are. Right. Right. Done correctly, this can be the, one of the most powerful yeah. testimony things because um, people see it. Yep. And you're right, and I've done it too. Mm-hmm. It's like as you're walking out the door, you're saying, basically, y'all are headed to hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is wrong yep. in, in so many levels. But Every time. Walking out the door many times, that's powerful. Yeah. Because people see he's different. Yeah. Why why is why is Dean leaving? And man, many times God can use that as a, a door open to step through. For sure. Um but yeah, we yeah, the the righteous indignation side sometimes gets the best of us. Yeah. Last question. When you step on a banana peel or have an accident, what as a Christian should your response be? Well, I think we should look at the message that God has in it. And I, I, I've told the story before, but it bears repeating that whenever I, w- I, I had gone five and a half years without missing a day of running. Um, and the story is, you know, I got sick and made it through being sick. I was terribly sick and I, I struggled through that being sick, got over that. And then that next weekend, basically, I forgot to run. <laughs> I just forgot to run. I mean, how do you do that after doing it every day for five and a half years, right? And when I realized it, it was too late. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my my initial thoughts are, well, what can I do to fix it? And you, you can't do anything to fix it. So my next question was maybe the most important question, maybe that I've ever asked anybody anytime. And I said, well, God, what are you trying to tell me in this moment? And I felt God telling me, look, I know you love running, but if you can forget running or you can forget to run, clearly it's not the most important. It's not become an idol in your life. And that was what God was telling me was just, I I know you enjoy it, go out and do it and don't feel guilty about it and just do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I I feel like it was a big moment for me. So it was a good thing Mm -hmm. that I missed that day. Whereas most people would be devastated Mm -hmm. by that. Right. But so often um, when we when something doesn't go right, we we just look for all sorts of problems. Sure. Um, instead of thinking, oh well, what what good? Oh, is we want there to point the finger. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is their fault. Yep. Yeah. And today, somewhere, well, within the next few days, it'll be exactly eight years since that day. So I missed one day after five and a half years, and haven't missed a day in eight years. Huh. So uh, so you're due. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. Huh? Um, yeah, so just, just yeah, when, when things aren't right, ask yourself, what, what does God want to teach you in that moment? It's mm, a good word. It is so hard to stay on track as a runner or a walker. The world also makes it difficult to stay on track spiritually, too. For pennies a day, Upward Sports Run for God Run Club can make both of these journeys more fun and much easier. Join the Run for God Run Club and get access to training plans, videos, and the best group of active Christians you will find anywhere. Go to runforgod.com and sign up today.
All right, we're back. Here's an interesting story for runners and walkers. This guy named Pen Ben Pobjoy, not sure how to say his name, if that's right or not, but he covered 242 marathons in 2023. That is the record. The record was 239, and he covered 242 marathons. He called them freestyle marathons. And I believe that just means that he covered the 26.2 miles that many times. In other words, they weren't in races. Mm-hmm. Um, he traveled all over the world and did this in 70 different countries. Um, and most of them, he just did them as kind of a fast walk. Mm-hmm. So for, for the walkers out there who think that, well, I'm just a walker. I'm not a runner. I'm just a walker. Here's a guy who's making a huge impact being a walker. Right. Yeah. This came from the Toronto Star says he began on January 1st last year and finished this past December 30th, having completed eleven thousand four hundred and sixty five kilometers, a distance longer than the circumference of the moon. His aim was to break the Guinness World Record for most worldwide marathons, which stands at 239 freestyle marathons. His application for the world record is now being considered. He began with a red-eye flight to Bogota, Colombia on New Year's Day, 2023. From there, Pop Joy made his way through South, uh, South America and the Caribbean, returned for a visit to Toronto, then was off to the periphery of Europe and the Middle East, another break back home, and finally to mainland Europe and then on to Asia. So just all over the world. So he was just walking world. all over the world. Yeah, yeah, That's literally. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like he really enjoyed himself along the way, too. Um, he said his attitude was it was way tougher on my family. He said, I'm getting to see all these places. Yeah. So it was a lot harder on my – he said he's surprised he's still married. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, he said the one thing that I felt really was odd about this article I read about him, it said that uh, the one thing he's, he said was really weird that he didn't understand was why we as North Americans don't like public toilets. Because apparently in other parts of the world, you know, we we kind of shun public toilets. Yeah. And in other parts well, of the runners, world, we don't. No, no. We love you, that's, toilets. And that's true. That yeah. is that is true. But most people are like, yeah. you know, they would rather they would almost rather be in pain than, mm-hmm. than to use a porta john. And his runners were like, oh, look, a porta john. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but oh, look, a squirrel. Uh, uh but he said that, you know, apparently in other parts of the world, they're a lot more common sure. and it's not a it's not looked down upon right. kind of like it is here. So I thought that was weird. But uh, anyway, sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and of course, that makes this hundred miler I signed up for seem like no big deal. Yeah, it's no big deal, Dean. <laughs> That's it. Well, it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, one of the most frequent questions I get is about breathing. Seems natural to me, but this one is called Breathe Easy. As a coach, I am often asked about breathing. Most new runners feel that they are struggling to breathe and look for guidance. Every veteran runner and even veteran runners are convinced that there are better ways to breathe when they run. There are tips for breathing patterns that teach you to match your breathing rate to your stride rate. There are techniques for using your diaphragm more effectively by breathing deeper. There are advocates for breathing in your nose and out your mouth, a particularly bad piece of advice despite its proliferation. 
Some say that you should alternate breathing so that your exhale happens on alternate legs, a particularly complicated piece of advice. But breathing while running is simple, and I will share with you the great secret that will answer all breathing-related questions. It comes in two parts. First, always, always breathe through the biggest hole in your face. I know there are many advocates for breathing through your nose, but ask yourself this question. Do you really think limiting the amount of air you draw in is going to help you breathe better? Pardon the pun, but that doesn't pass the sniff test. Now, there are arguments for regulating your air intake, but we'll answer that in the second part. There is a second reason for breathing through your mouth, too. What happens when you breathe through your nose and then you get a cold and you can't breathe through your nose? Are you seeing the flaws in that strategy yet? Breathe through the biggest hole in your face, your mouth, and you will notice that you're also breathing through your nose while you breathe through your mouth. It is the natural way to breathe when you're exerting yourself. Second, relax, period. Most breathing problems happen when an athlete is anxious about it. When you relax, you will breathe deeper. When you breathe deeper, you are far less likely to get a side stitch. Relaxing when you breathe will solve all your breathing issues. But coach, you say, it's hard to relax while I'm breathing like a freight train. Oh, I understand that. So here is how you work on relaxing when you breathe. Count your steps while you breathe. Breathe in for two steps and then breathe out for two steps. That is a normal breathing pattern for an easy run. Now, try breathing in for three strides and out for three strides. Once you accomplish that, try doing it for four strides. I have worked my way all the way up to seven strides, although admittedly, I was running much slower than my normal pace. You won't actually, you you won't be able to keep breathing this way for very long, but see how long you can do it. You will find you can't do it unless you are relaxed. When you feel your body telling you that you must relax to keep the longer breathing pattern, you know what it feels like to have relaxed breathing while you run. Now, go back to normal breathing and see how much easier it becomes. Breathing is a natural thing, and we need to let it happen naturally. Do you think God would have given us the urge to breathe through our mouth while we run if it was bad for us? Of course not. Relax and breathe easy. You know what else is natural? Knowing that God exists. It is always sad but very telling when atheists think they need to take God out of every conversation and setting. Why do you think they do that? I believe it is because they feel convicted by the Holy Spirit. The only way to get away from that conviction is to stop talking about it. No one likes to feel they are doing something unnatural, including non-believers. Why does it matter if other people talk about God if they're not in the conversation? It doesn't. But they know the more people talk about God in general, the more likely they are to hear about it at some point. So they feel the need to get rid of all talk about God so they don't have to feel convicted. Now, you might think this is a bad thing. And in one sense, it is. But it is also good in another sense. The fact that they feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit means that he is talking to them, trying to get their attention. They're so close to hearing him. All they have to do is quiet themselves for a minute and they will be able to hear him. That sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? Don't make breathing while you run a complicated thing. Just use your natural tendencies to become more efficient at it by relaxing. 
You will find running is more enjoyable when you do, because if you can relax your breathing, you'll feel more relaxed all over. And realize that our relationship to God is as natural as breathing. But just like we can't fight against our breathing when we run, we can't fight against our relationship with God. But it all gets better when we relax and let the natural take over. It's a great story, Dean. Once again. You get questions about breathing? I do. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of our, our more common questions. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just like you. There's so many things that there's so many things and a lot of things that we overthink nowadays, but especially in running. I mean, we get a lot of questions about breathing. And though even though techniques, there's a place for it at sometimes. Yeah. But it's very um rare. Yeah. Form. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of new runners, we get a lot of questions about form and, and yeah. my answer is just run. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna. It's hard enough with all those other things. Trying to overthink those other things. So, yeah. I mean, I think there's a place for it, but for ninety nine point nine percent of the population, it's just breathe through the biggest hole in your face. Yeah. yeah. And for a lot of people, just breathing natural just just works sure. and it works fine with no problem. But this counting your steps thing really does get you to a point where it helps you to feel what it feels like. To well, be that's not really a breathe. breathing thing. That's a relaxing thing. it's a relaxing yeah, it's, a, it's an exactly exercise right. to help you relax exactly which is right. a lot of people do struggle with that yeah because sometimes you think a lot of times they're they're not relaxed because they're trying to figure out their breathing yeah Are they, am i running right and then yeah. you see the shoulders go up and the ears come down and they're like all of a sudden they're in a yeah. knot or just breathe yeah. just run and relax and, it, and it's amazing how much easier it gets when you just do those two things. Yep, yep. But we see, I see so many people in cross country races, kids who are breathing, who have their mouth closed while they're racing, and I've never understood that. Yeah. You know, we used to have a young lady, Sarah J. Yeah, she would, and she was fast. Yeah, I mean, she was national champion triathlete when she was young. That girl never opened her mouth. Yeah, she always breathed through her nose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, just don't overthink it. And, yeah. and for her, it was natural. Yeah. You know, That's, and if it's natural for you not to open your mouth, then by all means do that. But for most people, we need air. If you're like me, I need more oxygen yeah. when I'm running. Yeah, I can't imagine just trying to breathe through my nose, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Well, do you think that statement about atheists is right? You think the the last thing they want is to be convicted by the Holy Spirit, and that's why they are wanting to take things out of— I think it's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think— um, <coughs> Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think they're they're hearing God. Yeah, they're just trying to quiet him. Yeah, um, they won a big argument when they when they got the when they got the the them, the the Supreme Court to take prayer out of schools, prayer and, and the Bible out of schools. It, it really that really hurt the Christian cause when we allowed that to happen. Right, um, based on a false premise. Right, I would say as well. So, you know, I don't know how many. People out there are big, you know, constitutional advocates or whatever. But, you know, the the Bill of Rights, the first one, you know, it says Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or pre- prohibiting the free speech thereof. Um, and, and I mean, that that is pretty plain and simple. Um, it doesn't say anything about, you know, we've we've you hear people talk about the separation of church and state and there's. That those words are in no none of our documents none zero mm. zilch they're not. Right. My favorite story 
about the founding of our country as it relates to this is you, you have a lot of people arguing that the founders of our country were Christians and you have some people saying, no, they weren't Christians. And you have all these arguments back and forth. I say it doesn't matter. It does, but it doesn't. Um, it matters that, that our, our country was founded on Christian principle, but the best story I, I can think of is when Ben Franklin, who was not a Christian, mm-hmm. admittedly was what they called a deist at the time. Um, he said they got to this point where they were trying to write the Constitution. They're trying to come up with this brand new form of government that's different than anybody else has done. And they were at an impasse and nobody could make any headway. And there was they were just too far apart. They couldn't agree. And there was nothing they could do. And they thought that we're going to just have to quit. We're not going to be able to finish this thing. And Ben Franklin, of all people, stands up and says, wait a minute, you guys have been praying to God for direction all this time. And now all of a sudden you're at an impasse. Why wouldn't you go to God and ask him for help? So they did. Mm -hmm. They stopped what they were doing. They prayed and then they finished the constitution. Mm -hmm. And this came from somebody who wasn't a Christian. Mm -hmm. So tell me again, how anybody intended for God not to be in the middle of our government. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you hear it said all the time, but it it does. It, t- it takes more faith to believe there is no God yeah. than to believe there is a God. Um, There's a lot more evidence for God sure. than evidence that Absolutely. Th- there's no but God. I, and yeah. I, I think for – I think for – I shouldn't make a general statement, but I'm going to. I think for atheists, I don't think it's that they don't believe in God or that there is a God. I think it's because they don't want to believe it. Yeah. They're comfortable with the lifestyle that they're leaving, leading, living, and it doesn't line up with what their morals, what their moral compass tells them to be right. Yeah. And so they know that that moral compass is coming from something. They know that it's God, and they're trying everything they do to quiet it. Yeah. That's my... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are people that just flat out don't believe, but that's that's hard to believe. Yeah. It is. Yep. yep. Amen. There is no better way to start the day than in the Word. Our Bible in a Year Challenge is a great way to start the day in the Word as I read through the entire Bible in 365 episodes. I also share running and walking tips each day as well as encouraging quotes. Choose the self-paced challenge so that you can go at your pace. You must be a Run Club member for access to this exciting challenge. So, if you're not a member, sign up today and get started. If you are a member, what are you waiting for? All right, every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. And this week it's this, connections. I mentioned, you know, that I did an interview with these folks from The Gate Radio. George is the guy that, that did the interview and um, it's, it's an online streaming thing, but I never would have met George. Had it not been the, for the fact that I'm a runner and of course the connection with run, running and God, but um, 
it's really cool some of the connections that you make. You know, I, Alan Webb. I consider Alan Webb a friend of mine. I, I mm-hmm. texted him at New Year's, and uh, just he's he's a great guy. Um, I've talked with Craig Virgin before. Mm-hmm. We're friends with uh, with um, Ryan Hall, Dean Carnassus, Dean yeah. Carnassus. Yeah, yeah just, just it's really cool. You the know, Jonathan Rumi's a runner. Is he really? He showed that in this documentary. Oh wow. We need we need to reach out to him. Yes, that would we be do. a cool connection. Absolutely. We got to Now you got my wheels turning. Yeah, we got to get that going <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's cool having those connections. Um and it's cool when you you meet somebody and the only connection you really have it's really cool when your connection is running and God and we see a lot of that through run for God, of course. Um but it's it's really cool to uh to be connected to folks that you otherwise wouldn't have because of that. All right. Well, Strava does a year-end survey apparently every year. And so they did this. They're checking out kind of the the stats that they have um, on survey. More than 10 billion activities were shared on Strava. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have communities in over 190 countries. There are over 3,000 professional athletes on Strava. I didn't realize that. Um, they must have more cyclists than runners, I'm guessing. That's kind of how it started, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, over 10 billion kudos given. If you're not familiar with Strava, that's instead of a like, it's mm-hmm. a kudos mm-hmm. in Strava. So uh, some key things that were shown um, is this was interesting. It showed that runners are not thrown off by celebrity. You know how a lot of people are, they're, they're swayed by celebrity and the way what celebrities think mm-hmm. well apparently runners aren't nearly as swayed as uh, as people who are non-runners hmm. i thought that was really interesting we are much more influenced by friends and neighbors than we are by I agree celebrities with that. Yeah. yeah yeah um there were more runs uploaded than any other sport so although it did start as a cycling app um there are now more runners um than than cyclists um said that running helps people feel less lonely. So 84% of the people that were surveyed said that running makes them feel less lonely. Even if they ran by themselves, they feel less lonely because they're runners. That's Hmm. kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I I guess maybe, I don't know. I I know like, uh, well, I, I had a long run this past weekend and I ran into town and back and I got lots of comments from people who saw me running on the side of the road, mm-hmm. you know, because I was running on a, a, a busier road. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess some of that is helps helps you be less lonely, I guess. Average pace and generation. So the average pace for, for baby boomers was 1048 per mile. For Generation X, 949. For millennials, uh, 927. And for Gen Z, uh, 859. Hmm. Interestingly, Generation X, their average run was longer at 4.3 miles, then Boomers at 4.0, Millennials at 3.9, but Generation Z, they run the shortest. They run Hmm. 3.3 miles on average. The most used shoes are the Hoka Cliftons and Nike Pegasus. The Brooks Ghost was also a big name um, when it came to uh, popular shoes. The most popular watch was the Garmin 235, which I had just prior to the one I've got now. Um, When asked, well, what makes them go out the door to run? Most said that it's 
the routine is what helps them the most. Um, others said it's just the practical side. In other words, knowing it's good for them. Um, and then others were like, well, I set a goal. And so that's, that's why I go out. Um, from a music standpoint, a lot of people listen to music when they run. The most popular music to listen to while running is uh, rock music. Uh, again, uh, across most generations, except Gen Z. Gen Z, uh, it's hip-hop is the number mm-hmm. one. And that's 24%. And then 22% rock and 22% pop. So I thought that was, the, it's so evenly distributed, um, the, the music that Gen Z listens to. I thought that was pretty cool. You see any surprises there? No. Um, maybe the shoe. Yeah, the, the Clifton's kind of took me by surprise. Yeah, um, the Pegasus, the Nike. Pe- I I worked in a shoe store when I was in college, back in nineteen in the eighties. Yeah, and the Pegasus came out then. Yeah, it's well, it's still the, around. One of the oldest shoes, but it's also one of the lesser expensive shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a basic running shoe. Yeah, yep. When you go into a sporting goods store and say, "I need some running shoes." Yep. Chances are they're going to have the Pegasus yeah. on the wall. Yeah. Yep. And they're going to be reasonably priced. Yeah. Well, um, they announced the women's marathon field for Boston. And man, it's a great field. There's 19 ladies with a PR of 223 or better. Wow. So that is going to be fun to watch this year. Um, and it was a great race last year. And Helen O'Beary, last year's winner, is back. You remember Helen O'Beary, the battle she had with uh, uh, Latest and Bet? Gide mm-hmm. in the um, I remember you talking about New it. York Marathon. Yeah. Um, she's back, so that should be interesting. Although Helen O'Beary got beat this this past weekend um, in a shorter distance, mm. so uh, she doesn't get beat much. Um, and I don't think they've announced the men yet, but they usually do fairly close together. So maybe by the time this podcast comes out, they will have already announced that. We'll see. All right, trivia question for this week. You know the answer to this one. Who is the fastest American marathoner, and why is he not the American record holder in the marathon? Mm. It's a good one. Yeah. Let me ask that again. Let's see how many Run Forgot videos you watch. Yeah, that's right. Because you know the answer to this. That's right. You watch them all. That's right. You know exactly why. Yeah. Yeah. Who is the fastest American marathoner, and why is he not the American record holder in the marathon? You can send that to Dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer that correctly, then you're going to win $20 off in the Run For God store. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. I'm going to ask you a trivia question right now. All right. Let's see if you're, you're the running guru. Let's see if you know the answer to this. <laughs> and I'm, Sounds I'm, like a I'm drawing a blank. Oh, my gosh. Um, first four-minute miler. Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister. Mm-hmm. So, Roger Bannister was the first man to break the four-minute mile. Mm-hmm. There, back in those days, it was done with a stopwatch. That's right. That stopwatch recently sold at a Sotheby's auction. Really? Knowing me, who stopped bidding on that watch at $38,000? Who stopped bidding at that? There was a person that I follow that stopped bidding, who wanted the watch, and he stopped bidding at thirty-eight thousand. He went to the auction saying he would pay ten, and he stopped bidding at thirty-eight. I can't. Dave Ramsey. 
I was thinking Dave Ramsey, but then I thought, why would he do that? He wanted that watch. Huh. Because he loves, he talks about, and this is, maybe this is, um, um, God, subconsciously, this is where I get some of it. But in this talk I was watching him give at Craig Rochelle's church, he was talking about the power of, you think you can or you think you can't. He was talking about the power of, for how many years, People got to 401, and they just said it couldn't be done. Your heart would explode, all these different things. Yep. And then when it did happen, how many people broke it? And I think in the following eight years after that, it was. and he was talking about the power, and he wanted that watch yeah. because he talks about it so much. Yeah. And uh, he said, I went to the auction, going to pay up to 10000 He said, I finally, and he had a watch in his hand. I was thinking, he owns that watch. Uh, and he said, I stopped bidding at 38000 and I went on eBay and I bought this one for $10. <laughs> Do you know what it finally sold for? Did he say? He didn't say. Uh, I, I, that's, I would, I'll have to look that up. We'll have to make that a trivia question. But yeah. yeah, I thought that was, you know, yeah. I love listening to him as well. So it kind of tied my worlds together. That's that. pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, our motivational thought of the week, since we're recording on MLK Day today, um, here's an MLK quote. He said, you don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Mm -hmm. Another step. Isn't it amazing how these things, they just go together. (laughs) Had no intention, but they just go together. My goodness, that first step may be the hardest, but it is usually the most important. Mm -hmm. You'll take that one. Um, they're all a little bit easier after that first one. Well, maybe not in an ultra marathon. I'd say the, the 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 steps between ninety and hundred miles are probably harder than the first step. Sure, but for sure, <laughs> we're gonna find out for sure. All right. Until next time, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Happy two hundred, Dean. Good job. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.